1: Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. You're listening to Mavs Sports Take. Whether it's breaking news or sports business, this is your home for unmuzzled and unconventional sports talk. With assistant general manager, director of player personnel, and three time world champion on his resume, David Turner has a thing or two to teach you about pro football. At his side is Ryan Roberts, former college football player, football coach, and NFL Draft Bibles director of scouting. Together, they're here to take you on a deep dive into what goes on in the world of sports. Ryan and David, take it away.
2: Good evening, everybody. Here it is Sports Takes. We're coming on a little bit later than normal, and Ryan is not with me, as you noticed. As you noticed, the colorful background, the SNA live t-shirt going on over there. We got a little color in the house tonight. We got a little commentator from Smoking Ashes. I'm gonna I'm gonna turn it into him and let him give it a go. And here he is.
1: Well, Dave, thank you so much for even having having me on here with you, brother. It's a it's a blessing to be here with you, man. And uh, uh, it's it's uh, it's it's a nice thing to be able to turn the tide a little bit and uh, and and jump something that plays so dear to my heart, which is sports and being able to talk this straight through and true with with you. The one thing I will say is we didn't have to go far. I know your co-host's name is Ryan, so I know you're not going to be able to mess that up too much today.
2: Exactly. Yeah. No. <laughs> this is Ryan from Smoking Ashes. We are on That's the right. sister network. We're on one institution together. Him and his cohorts run. Um, go ahead. You tell them. I'm going to mess it up. You tell him. I don't want to mess don't up.
1: Don't worry about it, man. So I'm one third of what we call Three the Hard Way. We host our show, the SNA Live podcast. Like you said, we're basically like label mates on, on one institution uh, uh we're primarily function out of a uh, smoke ashes cigar lounge which is one of the hottest newest trendiest uh cigar lounges growing on the east coast especially in the northeast uh it's been a, a a crazy ride and one that we definitely enjoy as much uh as it is to watch have, have watch it develop uh again being on the the same network it was a blessing to be able to jump on with you and 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 basically co-host on on, on this, this episode with you. I'm looking forward to it.
2: Just so everybody knows, we're going to get into some college football, some pro football. You know, we are completely unmuzzled, so put the kids out of the room. Women and children stay. You know, <laughs> let's go. Let's get it. Um, and so it's going to be a fun, impactful night. You know, there's a lot of stuff going on in sports, and there's stuff that we like to talk about, which is the business of sports. We're going to get into a little bit of the hiring practices of uh, how coaches are hired and how it goes about we're gonna get into um, you know, leaders in rookie of the year, maybe, and and defensive offensive rookie of the year and league MVP a little bit later. That's gonna be the icing on the cake towards the end. But first, I really wanna jump into this other subject. I wanna jump into how teams are built. You know, traditionally in the NFL, it's take your draft picks are like gold, right? Draft picks are the way to go. You keep your draft picks, you build through the draft, you groom your own. That's the way I was taught from Ernie Acorsi to Mr. Davis to everybody I've worked under, that's the way it is. But the Rams have a different philosophy. The LA Rams <laughs> trade every draft pick away. They accumulate veteran players. Somehow they fit them in the cap. Somehow they maneuver the, the money around enough to make it all work. And I want to talk to you right about, you know you're in. You're invested in young people's sports. You're really tied into the New Jersey area high school sports, and you know the the pop Warner's and you run a league That's there right. for the kids. But when you're talking to these kids and they and they see, you know, for so much of it, go to school, get drafted, be with that team. Now a guy like you know, now the Rams come in, we're like, nah, screw that. We don't care about the draft. We're just getting the we're plucking players around the league. How do you see this team building work for your, your the mindset? Do you think it's going to be a, a successful one or not?
1: I don't know. It's almost like the Rams are trying to take a page out of the NBA's books on just acquiring all these players and just consistently trading. I've never seen a team trade so much currency. And, and, and like you said, draft picks at the end of the day are currency. And I've never seen a team get rid of so much for these Uh, these veteran types of players. And you could tell the mindset is really about them being all in, you know, like every team wants to win the championship, but you could tell these guys with the moves they're making, they're literally all in because, you know, with them getting rid of all these draft picks, they're not going to have a foundation to build on over the next few years. I personally don't like the process and how it's going with them. I did like the Stafford trade because anything was better than golf. You know what I mean? I understand that one, (laughs) but you know, at the same time, I mean, like,
2: you All say, roads I, away from golf are better no matter what the road is.
1: <laughs> I, I mean, absolutely. I mean, again, it, it's a shame because you know what's funny? I remember watching quarterbacks, for instance, we talk about them, develop back in the day. You know, you gave a guy a shot for some years. A guy would come in, he would sit behind a veteran. You allowed him time to mature and, and learn the game the right way. Nowadays, especially number one draft picks, these guys are getting called in. It's like it, you have to have immediate results or it's time for you to go. And Goff, you know, he started off okay with McVay, didn't work. And obviously the Rams felt that they needed to make the move because of all the other moves they made too. I mean, they traded away another first for who Brandon Cooks. Um, I know they got rid of multiple picks, uh, at least second and thirds for other players throughout the year. I mean, I think I I get it. I, I get, and as a fan, you respect the hunger of a team wanting to go out and you know, try to win to win now, but Man, if this doesn't work, they're gonna have egg on their face for a long time.
2: Well, yeah, they are all in. It is Super Bowl or bust this year, right? They went and traded for Jalen Ramsey. They now they got Von Miller. They got O.D.J. They Woods went down, which I think is going to be a major part of their offense stumbling the next few weeks because Woods. I mean, yes, you have Cooper Cup, but the reason why Cooper Cup couldn't, you know, was defeating a lot of coverage is because Woods was making people pay if they didn't. Absolutely. there it is. You know, I wanted to also say all our all our guests that are watching, or all our fans that are watching, we are on Twitter, we are on Facebook, we are on YouTube right now, we're live on TikTok. We have all these streamings going at once. So if you got a question, you want to throw something in, you just want to say hello, feel free, we'll respond. It's live. We're here to answer anything you got on these subjects or another subject. We're all about it. But yeah, I, mean, I think it, you know, again, it's Super Bowl or bus, and this might be a bus. What I saw last night in the game. Was an offense that, and actually for the last two weeks um, that they played, was an offense that looked a little befuddled. Ever since they played New England, and New England came in with that cover two defense and that shifting style defense, Stafford has been befuddled. They really have to go in the lab this bye week, this week coming up, and figure this out. McVay is not using the play action and run game like he usually does, so therefore I think that it's really he's going to struggle. Stafford's gonna struggle and ODj is gonna scroll even last night they could have put Odell on the field as the outside you know b- boundary receiver and put trips away and let him defeat some coverages at least to draw it over there but they yeah. went and they put the rookie from Notre Dame you know in that situation and again nobody cares about him the kid dropped three balls <laughs> absolutely you are not feeling
1: anybody nobody is worried about you
2: oh yeah know. nobody's worried about he's <laughs> like you know He's the guy in the fight going like, yeah, okay, you just stay exactly. over there. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not no, I got
1: you. Don't worry about him. He can stay over there.
2: Yeah, if you had Odell on the field, at least they're like, oh, crap, maybe there's a play. You got to
1: respect it. Yeah, you got to respect it. You got to yeah, respect,
2: you gotta respect, it. You gotta respect Odell. So hopefully out of the bye, they're able to work Odell a little bit better. They get him into the mix, keeping that weapon out there on the outside because right now that offense looked for And Henderson, here's what I don't get. Last night they had a fourth and goal, and they've done this two weeks in a row now. Two flipping weeks in a row, it's a fourth and goal, and they dial up a pass to Henderson, the fucking running back. I mean, I mean, you got Cup, you got Woods, you got Odj, all Day. these options. You all got Higby, yeah. you got all these options, and you're dialing up a running back play. Like, and then they throw the. Fr- I was just like, I was like, what are you doing, right? Like, what are you doing? And then they get into the red zone last night, and they instead of kicking a field goal. Well they do they dial up a fake yeah, field goal okay, and let okay, the pun okay. you got you got one of the most potent offenses in the fucking league. And you're, you're dialing up just, yeah, trick plays. Yeah, you're dialing up trick plays. Like, are you serious right now? It's I a just,
1: desperation when you go that route to me.
2: It really is. It's and like there's no were,
1: reason for it.
2: You you were getting out muscled up front by the Niners offensive line all night. Okay. They wore out your pass rushers because you and you know you got pass rushers, so you got to play from a lead. And you're choosing not to play from a lead when you start doing that stupid shit. I mean, at least kick the field goal, give them an opportunity to you know you know get some points on the board. At that point, it was twenty one to seven or something, Mm -hmm. so you could have went up twenty. You could have got twenty one to ten and went to halftime. You know, down two scores and come back from it. But no, now you're down. You know. Two scores, two but scores, 14 real. points. Yeah. You know? So it's just a different way of doing things. I'm not a fan of it. I don't really like the way they did it. I think my, McVay really needs to get back in the lab and get back to who he is, which is run the football. At least, and, and again, you trade for Sony Michelle, and you're barely using him.
1: Where is he? He's, ne- he's They never pull him out onto the field. And I'm glad you brought his name up. McVay has to go and find that magic that made him important the way he was and relevant years ago. What's funny is he's already acting like he's a veteran coach, an old coach, and it's like he lost his spunk. What happened to him? You know, get out there. Get, 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 get everybody involved. You, you mentioned all the players that they have on that team. He has to get involved in, in the lab and figure out a way how to get these guys the ball faster, make the game move at a different tempo, and bring back that, 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 that fear that people had when they played against the Rams. I mean, you wanted the quarterback. Stafford is a huge upgrade over golf utilize this guy and his skill set. Don't waste these times and these years of these guys you're bringing here. And that's the thing that – and I, look, and I get this as well. It's a lot of new faces. It's a lot of big personalities. It's a lot of pressure all in one. You know, but, hey, it's the big leagues, right? This is what you get paid for. So, so they got to find a way to calm down the outside noise and get back to playing Rams football the way they were normally playing it. It's got to find a trick, like you said, though. he has got to go back in the lab and dial something up.
2: Well, and again, I, they asked for it. Like, this, they went and shopped in the Gucci section. They didn't go to TJ Maxx. They went and shopped You're in right. Gucci. They're on Rodeo Drive shopping and building right. their team through that. And this is what you asked for. You paid for it. Now use it. And Sony Michelle is somebody that when they drafted at the end of the preseason or they traded for it at the end traded of the preseason, yep. I was, like, excited. I was, like, this is a guy that will fit their system. He'll fit the kind yeah. of running back they're looking for. And now they've barely used him through nine games. Barely used him, and it's like you've had nine weeks to get him up to speed. Like Odell not using him last night. Okay, I think it you was a mistake, but I get it. He just got there. But Sony Michelle is somebody you've had for you know the whole season, and you've played nine games, and you've not. You're not barely using him. So, let me your question, you... Dave. Yeah do you
1: do you think that it's more like when you see a player like that? does it look like there's a problem on the back end, like in-house, when you have that type of, like, you brought the player in, you know his capabilities. When he doesn't hit the field, it, it, it makes you wonder, is there something going on on the backside of things that we don't see? Is he a bad guy at practice? Is he having a problem with, you know, whether it's the OC or, because, like, you wonder, they went and got him, and then they don't use him. So what is usually the, the cause for something like that?
2: History has shown me causes of that are, are lack of playbook and lack of mm. trust in pass protection. Those okay. are those are the two areas that keep a running back off the field. Is if he doesn't know his checks in the pass protection, then that's gonna be a huge problem or their yeah, unwillingness to do it. Now, again, I've watched Sonny Michelle play. I don't think that's an issue because when he was in New England, he wasn't a bad pass protector. He was a willing guy. Now, again, he's not a Tom Rathman. he's not gonna no. step up and like be a jackhammer, right? But he's a guy that will step up and try, get in the way. You know, and that's all you can ask of running backs these days is to step up and get in the way, right? So, Mm -hmm. again, I don't understand the problem. I don't know why they haven't called and dialed his number more than what we've seen already. And I know Henderson's a good back. Don't get me wrong. I'm not sitting here bashing Henderson. Like, he's a good back. He's been showing up. He's taken the reins and run with it. I get it. But you traded for Sony because Sony has a speed that's different and you thought you needed him, so you brought him in. You didn't bring him in to back up Henderson. You brought him in to play. To be, yeah, he came in to be the guy. And Sony's the kind of guy that needs touches. Like, I agree. He's, he's not a spot back, and that's what they're using him as, is a spot back. And he's a guy who needs his touches in order to get rolling. He needs that contact. He needs, like, five, five or six touches before he actually starts going, all right, here we go. You know, I, get I, going. I, yeah, you got to. Yeah, get he's like a boxer. You know, to I, gotta go. yeah. right, I gotta take a couple shots. I gotta take a couple here. All right, now, now I'm alive. Now I'm ready to I'm go. I'm in the
1: rhythm now. Now I'm comfortable. I know what I'm feeling out there.
2: Yeah, exactly. So you know, the team building method that the Rams have decided to you know take on and put push forward, we'll see. It's a TBA. I haven't seen it work in the past. Like it's like when the Yankees go and pick all these expensive teams and they don't win shit, right? But then that's when they use, I feel that. I saw the yeah. hat. I know I, I, the words were coming out of my mouth. I'm like, shit, he's a Yankees fan. I'm about to get it's it. It's okay. But, it's
1: all right. But, it's a, but it's the truth. You can't you can't muzzle something that's the truth. You're, you're speaking facts.
2: And when he when they use their farm system and they bring people up through the farm system, they're unstoppable. They're dominant. They're a force to be reckoned with, right? And so and then they go and get a piece here or a piece there. That's fine. But when they use their farm system, the Yankees are dominant. So, Mm -hmm. you know, for me, I I just, I'm still old school. Call me what you want. Call me stuck in the past. I don't give a shit. I know what works. And what works is farming your players, grooming your players, and bringing them up their way. you to develop your own. You gotta develop your own. And I'm, by the way, you got my mouth watering over here with that nice cigar on. And going, I'm sitting here watching, and I'm like, "Damn, I wish I had one right now. I would light it up, and we would just take this to a new level. I would pour me a whiskey, and it would be a whole yeah. different type of show. Yeah, you know. I got you. Next got time you. you're on, I'm having a I'm cigar gonna, and a whiskey. Yeah. You let me know and we're coming we'll up. We gotta get that lounge out here in Phoenix too. We gotta we got a franchise out here. We gotta bring it out west. You know, we gotta get it that's, here in Phoenix. There's a lot of about New about. York guys out here that would love that kind of lounge out here, by the way.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. It's something that we definitely thought about doing. So yeah. I'll definitely take you up on that in the next time too.
2: Yeah, come on out, man. We will make it happen out here in the desert. We will get them rolling. Next subject that we're gonna turn to really quick. Next year we're gonna turn to. Is the college hiring cycle. Okay. Now college coaches are already being hired. Which I got a problem with. Alright. You got UConn. And Texas Tech. Have already fired. And rehired their coaches. Before the seasons are out. And one coach. The one that went to Texas Tech. Was at Baylor I believe. And, yes, he, he, got, and he got hired. Away from Baylor in the middle Of a very good season for Baylor to go to Texas Tech because he was a Texas dominant high school coach. I'm not even going to go there with this hiring process. (laughs) But again, how fair can the process be when people that are top candidates are still coaching? How much, I mean, and then that becomes a distraction for the team that they're coaching. And I don't want to hear they're professionals. They should be able to handle it. No, 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 no. You're getting, a big effect. You, you, you're getting young men ready to play each and every week to play a sport and be ready to dominate. And you're in that locker room with a message that we're in this together. We're going to dominate. We're going to win the Big Ten. We're going to win the Big 12, whatever the case may be. And we're going to go to a bowl game. And we're going to, you know, th- this is your senior season, kid. I got you. I'm here for you. And now the organizations, and, you know, we'll call them schools, I guess, and universities, but they're organizations.
1: Well, they're companies. You're right.
2: Yeah. They're big business. What are they doing? They're poaching people from other staffs mid-season. Now, I know where I sit on this. I sit that it's, it's ridiculous, and my resolution I'll, I'll, I'll reserve to put into effect until after we hear what you have to say. But definitely let the viewers and our, our audience out here know how you feel about this process.
1: So, honestly, I for one, being able to poach midseason at that is horrible. I've had a slew of friends of mine from baseball, basketball, Division One players. Like you just said, you mentioned it. Hey, senior, I got you, kid. This is the year we've been waiting for. And then all of a sudden, that coach who's built all this around you is gone. Somebody else comes in, and you're not their favorite. You're not even their target. They don't even care about you. It's step one for them. So unless you're one of the top guys, real, real top guys, they're not going to come in and you know, get you involved right away, especially some of the guys who play the bench and stuff. So when you have these opportunities to coach midseason, I mean, I don't understand how you build anything that's stable that way. You always like, always have to always be on the lookout that something's going to drop or you're going to lose that other shoe off the foot because there's no way that it, you can build something and have these kids who dedicated their lives and dedicated themselves towards a program. And then you have these coaches that just leave like that midstream. or uh, And like you had mentioned before, preparing for a game is insane, especially if you have somebody in rhythm throughout the entire season. These kids have trained. In the offseason, they've trained throughout preseason, you know, for college and everything as well. You know, they've been training and practicing forever. And then just to switch it on them, there's no way that you could just turn that on and off like a switch. It's impossible. I don't like that process. I don't think it's fair. Honestly, like I said, there's no stability. If I can go and grab whatever I want because I have more money or I have an opportunity, that really doesn't allow anybody to sink their roots into anything. It's
2: almost like it's a free-for-all. It is, and, and Gladys on TikTok, she's she's on here, and she said, you know, it, it should be in their contracts to finish the damn job. Well, it is, and typically all these coaches' contracts have a buyout, and so that means Texas Tech bought out another coach from Baylor to be their coach midseason, and the organizations were comfortable with this happening. So one 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 coach got, you know, one one organization got compensation for a coach to get out of his contract early and go the other way. So it's, it's the coaches presented to the organization, hey, I want to go interview for this job. And the organization said, okay, go ahead, but they, they're going to meet your $1 million or $500,000 buyout if you're going to go. You know? and, and again, let's just talk about firing coaches, how fucking stupid this shit is. So Vir- Virginia Tech, in the coach's contract, if they would have waited a, a couple weeks, just a couple weeks here, and fired their coach in a couple weeks that the buyout in his contract was 25 cents on the dollar post this season. They wound up paying 2.2 more million dollars to a fucking coach by firing him early than by firing him at the end of the season It's so stupid that had to be personal well again that, it's like That's so shoot- dumb. Unless you went and did something inappropriate, but then they can fire you Correct. for cause, and none and of them money
1: back exactly right.
2: But none of those kind of stories have come out. They just said, "No, we're firing them." And this is where I'm thinking. This is what I'm thinking is going on, and this is why is because they saw UConn's coach get hired, they saw Texas Tech's coach get hired, they know LSU's is going to be open. Rumors are Florida is going to be open. Um, USC is already open. So Virginia Tech's like, listen, I got to get ahead of this coaching search. And I got to get uh, candidates rolling through here because if I don't move fast, I'm going to be on the outside looking in because when these other shoes drop, my program might not look as good. Right now, my program, because, you know, we know LSU and USC are open, but Florida hasn't opened and other ones might not open. And as the shoes fall, you know, again, Virginia Tech's a good job. I mean, anybody who's been up there sure. knows it's a beautiful campus, it's a great place Definitely. to be. It's rich in tradition. So, again, great job. But when other jobs open up, it might not be. And this is why my solution to it, and it's been my solution in the NFL for years, and I've keep pitching it. No, it's falling on fucking deaf ears, but I keep pitching it is you really need to have a hiring freeze, a post regular season hiring freeze for two weeks, for two weeks. So, again, for the regular season college bowl, before the bowl games, you go ahead and make your adjustments if you want to, but everybody gets to finish the season out. Nobody's, unless there's an egregious contract, like what USC did firing their coach after losing the game, that was a way to make sure that coach didn't win his way back into a job. You're right. They wanted him gone. They fired him early. So then it was like, okay, go ahead, get rid of him. You know what I mean? But now there should be a two-week post-season hiring freeze. So nobody can get hired for the job without an interim tag before. And then once season's over, then everybody's got two weeks. There's so you a kind cool of level the period. playing
1: field. You level the playing field by doing that. And it's kind of like the NFL, and they listen, at the end of the day, most of these coaches have agents. They're always going to do underhanded deals or talk at least to people and teams and have some stuff situated. But the way you're mentioning it, it does level the playing field or at least make it a little bit more advantageous for everyone to have that chance. Because like you said, and I made a very, you made a very good point with that, Virginia Tech was just basically sitting there saying, oh, shit, we're going to have egg on our face. We do got to make a move now because, like you said, Other spots open that look better than ours. We're going to be sitting here having to probably keep this guy again, or go get somebody else that we really didn't want to begin with. So that would be a great idea. But college football seems to just run on its own set of standards of 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 rules and everything that you know. Because that goes from the way they treated the football, the players themselves, and them not being able to benefit. Hey, listen, these guys, man. Some of these guys who work because they work at the end of the day. Yes, they're on a scholarship. But a lot of these guys, listen. Some of those stadiums, Notre Dame packs what eighty thousand, right? Yeah, it's up there. Well, maybe even more. I think it's a hundred thousand it packs. Well, no, that's that,
2: That's at that the horseshoe is a hundred thousand. Yeah,
1: look at that. There you go. So look, I mean, but these players, when they're stars, there, these people are coming to see them, and that's revenue for the school. You know what I mean? And none of these players for years have gotten any kind of pay, and you know, look, they're kids at the end of the day. Young kids around opportunity and money as well, they're always gonna have the time to make mistakes. But college football, I think, has always got it somewhat or a step wrong. And I don't know if it's done on purpose, but I mean, like, I don't know. It it just always feels like that everything that they do, nothing really makes sense to it. Because you said the coaching situation is horrible when they do that, you know, because it doesn't level the playing field. These kids going out there representing these brands, because like you mentioned, their organizations, their companies, They represent these brands. The minute a kid takes any kind of money from an agent because the kid's been eating ramen for the last three weeks outside of the the lunchroom, you know, when he's getting fed, you know what I mean? Like, listen, these kids come with backgrounds, but college football has to do something on how it operates from a standard of from the administrators to the players.
2: And I'm going to just jump in on some negativity that I know is out there when they're hearing us, and they can all go fuck themselves. Um, But here's how it goes. These players, yes. They get their college, their dorm rooms, their books, their tutors, all that paid for. I get it.
0: it. Mm -hmm.
2: But in 2018, the Big Ten, every school in the Big Ten got a $21 million contract from the Big Ten Network. $21 million, where 90% 90 of it came from the viewership of college football and repeat games on college football from there. Now, they are contractually obligated to... Olympic sports and other sports and things on there, but ninety percent of the avenue of uh, the rev the advertising revenue comes from football. Last year, when when football wasn't was you know up in the air and certain teams didn't mm-hmm. play and everything else, I know for a fact Penn State had to take out a nine million dollar loan to bridge the gap of the money they needed. Look at that, because the college football wasn't playing and they missed already the money and the revenue from the basketball tournament. So it's a lot of the college finances are based on the sports and they're making big money. I didn't say $900. I didn't say $900,000. I said $9 million. I said the check was $21 million. Now it doesn't take $21 million to fund a football program and all the scholarships and everything every year. So understand that money that's going into the college is funding other stuff and other things. And there's a reason Nick Saban gets paid $9 million a year as the highest employee in the state of Arizona, or in state of Alabama, Alabama. Mm-hmm. because you know what he generates more money than a lot of companies that are in the state of Alabama by winning championships and driving all the dollars and getting them on you know national TV, and having a schedule each and every week that gets them yep. on national TV. Except last week when they played New Mexico, but whatever they yeah, need a break. Too. Yeah. They need a break. Too. <laughs> and that was my problem with the Washington coach or the Washington State coach when he wouldn't take the vaccine. I'm like you're you're making two and a half three million dollars, and I'm not going to get into the vaccine. I'm just going to go on a soapbox for a second. But it was like you make almost two and a half three million dollars a year, and you're one of the higher paid, if not the highest paid, play, uh, person in the state of Washington at Washington State University. And your employer has put a request in and uh, put you know, and you choose not to follow it. Well, as a company. They have put that request for everybody in the state from the governor on down because they're all state employees. So if you're not going to take the vaccine and they're going to give you a BS pass because you're a football coach, how about all those other people that con- conformed and went and got the got the, uh, the shot and the vaccine? What are they going to tell them now post-shot? Oh, we're it, it, thank Whoops. you for getting it, but this guy <laughs> doesn't need to get it. Yeah, and four yeah. other coaches on his staff don't need to get it. That's not how workplace law works. And see us in the football industry, we're so used to being able to do what the F we want because we just do what we want all the time. And people look the other way, big corporations coming into play and workplace law becoming more and more involved is making people understand the professionalism that's needed in the sports and college football. I think one, one aspect of professionalism is a hiring freeze post season for two weeks and I would love to see the NFL do it too, because I think that would get more qualified candidates more interviews, and we wouldn't just see people trouncing over the Rooney rule. We wouldn't just see people, you know hiring coaches five days after the season um, because they're worried about getting the best assistance and stuff on you know on their staff. We would actually together, Yeah, yeah we, if everybody had a hiring freeze, you would even the playing field in my mind. and yeah, you know what? the Houston Texans? they might have still hired the coach they got, right? At the end of the day, that might have been their guy. But if there was a two-week hiring freeze and these coaches got a chance to go on the circuit and not feel pressure when they walk in a room, they get to meet everybody, they get to understand and digest what's really there and what the next opportunity offers, you will see coaches making different decisions. And you'll see... Remember when Reggie White went to Green Bay? Mm -hmm. Remember when Reggie... He interv- he came out to the Niners, and I and he and I was a Niners fan. I was like, "Oh, we're getting Reggie. We're getting Reggie. This is gonna be freaking awesome, right?" And then he chose Green Bay, and I went, "Huh?" Because at the time, Green Bay wasn't Green Bay. It was just no, they were not. average team. Yeah. I'm like, "Why is he going to Green Bay instead of coming to the Niners? The Niners were gin and they were rolling. It was gonna be phenomenal." And it was when he went to the facility and he got a chance to meet everybody talk to everybody free agency back then allowed players to bounce around a little bit and there wasn't this rush to get a contract done and and get it get them going and you know all this right away if there was a time period where people could properly interview digest situations and think about it without a time clock in their head they're gonna miss an opportunity money's not gonna be there if they don't take it that in itself would make smarter decisions for everybody in the business that's my two cents i agree
1: with you and like you said you know just to spin off that real quick you know you had guys like uh a lot of the assistants because like at the end of the day the better teams are going to play later into the into the season some of these teams are going to play into january into january so when you have those assistants on those teams that are still playing they don't get a fair chance to be able to interview and like you said implementing that type of system i think would be a real smart play but again it's tough when you, you had mentioned the word organization and I had thrown out companies. Man, remember all these organizations, they pay the NFL or they pay into the NFL. They're all you know, different. You know, uh, they're their own corporations. You know? So I think there's a lot of pressure when it comes to individual relationships as well there too, with some of the old owners and some of the people who still make you know, the decisions that they try to leave it as a free enterprise kind of system there. Because your way is making it more fair. I don't think the NFL likes
2: being fair. Oh, fair? No, fair is fun for nobody. <laughs> fair is fun for nobody. Um, and also, they are, the NFL wants to put off a stigma that, you know, it's all 32 different organizations, and there shouldn't be just one hiring process. But the reality is, as soon as you invoked a Rooney rule, that every yep. organization, and then you Absolutely. grew that Rooney rule. Yeah. To not only be coaches, but top-level executives you have to interview. Yep. Now you've made a hiring practice across 32 independent organizations. So, therefore, how independent are they?
1: Yeah, no, you're right. And it's bullshit, to be honest with you, man, the way (laughs) they advocate that Rooney Rule thing. Because you'll see it. They'll know who they want. Like you had mentioned, they'll hire when they want, so they'll have their target in sight. And what they'll do is they'll reach out to uh, a guy who coached, like uh, uh, Lovey Smith hasn't been – you know, a head coach, you know, for a few years, I have seen a couple of teams tamper with him last time, you know, he was available just to, you know, get him in the building and get him out so they can utilize the Rooney rules so they don't get penalized, you know, as well. And now, you know, and also compensation has been, if I'm not mistaken, they've added compensation if you hire a minority coach now, correct? Isn't that true? Yes. So, I mean, you know, some teams benefit from them when they do it, but you could tell that. Like I said, they'll bring in old guys that have not really been hot or, you know, worth anything in the last few, you know, just somebody who's, their their ship has sailed. But they'll bring them in just to advocate, you know, we use the, you know, we followed guidelines. We did everything we wanted. And then they still go right after that target that they've been linked to for the last six weeks.
2: Right. Everybody knows who's getting what jobs for 90% of it. And you know what? unless unless a coach walks away or burns a team, it is what it is, right, but again, I would like it to be a more succinct, fair opportunity for everybody involved It's not just minorities it's everybody and again, if you do the two week if you do the two weeks you know hiring process, the only teams that really get screwed out of that are the teams that win week one and then win week two because you know if you're on the bye week, the rule is already you can go, you can go, your staff can go mm-hmm. interview, right?
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Right. And if you lose week one, that means you still have week two to go interview. So it's only if you win and you're playing into week two and three, then your coaching staffs get kind of screwed on that deal. Because yeah. again, they're out, they're out and you got to really wait to do it. But I'm talking like that would be maybe, maybe six, maybe, maybe four, six teams something like that. So, yeah. you know, the, the reality is, you know, out of a 32 team league, 30, 28 to 30 teams would be able to interview their player their, their people. Um, and that's pretty fair. It's a lot more fair than what we see right now.
1: I get it by the numbers it does. But again, right, like, am I really trying to go and hire the defensive coordinator of the 32nd ranked team in the NFL for my head coaching position? Or am I going to want to try to get somebody who's usually on a staff that's from a, a a program that's successful? And so most of those teams that are playing deep into January, that's where the pool is deeper for the coaches. So that's why you kind of see some retreads always happening once in a while where you wonder, damn, how the hell they hire this guy? Because sometimes they just rather go with something they knew than to hire, you know, like I said, <laughs> I'm a Jet fan, right? So I'm used to being on the bottom. Uh-oh. Line.
2: Gladys yeah. is a Jet fan too. Uh-oh.
1: So <laughs> – so I understand what it's like to be on the bottom of the, you know, the the total pole when it comes to everything for a while. But again, like, you know, me personally, if I'm looking to build, you know, you want to go and hire somebody from a successful program. And those guys usually are still playing. You know, they always say a successful coach is a coach who's still coaching, you know, the week after into the playoffs. So, I mean, you know, those guys are the ones that you want to try to get the chances to interview, and they never do. Guys like yep. Eric Enemy never get a chance.
2: Well, and here's the, here's the thing, though. If you get the first round by – you can yes. interview, right? Now it's yes. just one team that gets the first round by because they've extended the playoffs. But if you, you get the first round by, you get to interview. All the teams, like you said, from the bottom that missed the playoffs get to interview. Now they lose week one for some reason. There's an upset. That's four teams that get to interview. Yeah. So that puts six teams that don't get to interview at this point. But here's the thing. If there's two coaches that are sought after in that pool, as you know, in that pool, then you get to interview all your other candidates one or two times before that other guy becomes available. And if you're just not impressed with those one or two, you know, those other guys that you got to interview, you Mm -hmm. wait for those one or two guys and then you make your move later. You know what I'm saying? But when there's six or seven NFL um, head coaching jobs that are probably going to be available this year, and then you you can fill it, mo- or some of them, five or six of them, with those candidates, and you've had a chance to interview three, four, six. I remember one time I was at the Oakland Raiders. We literally interviewed seven different men to coach that team. Mr. Wow. Davis was the first one to fire his coach, Last one to hire his coach because he took his time. He took his time getting it right. And now, did he get it right? I'm not going to go there. But I'm saying he worked the process. No, I get it I to get it right. So that being said, if you have a, a young athlete that is you know looking for an opportunity, Maverick Sports Consulting has moved into the high school recruiting role. We are now open and helping young players re- get recruited, whether it's in football, basketball, baseball, softball. Even cheer and dance. If you are looking for an opportunity to extend your child's reach into college football, college athletics, at all, please reach out to Maverick Sports Consulting today and sign up for our high school scouting package. That will get them an advantage over their competition. Next segment. (laughs) That's
1: fantastic, by the way. That really is.
2: Oh, thank you. You know, it was something that uh, a friend of ours, Keenan, brought to me. And he was like, hey, you know, all these college colleges, you know, the in and outs and how to work it. Why don't you you know, open up college or high school packages to help these young men and women get scholarships? And I said, you know what? I never even thought about my reach that way, but it's true. So I was like, okay, let me open up that. And um, I started that up a few weeks ago, and I got three clients already from football because that's my strength. And you know I'm trying to work more on getting everybody else. So,
1: well, listen, I'm I'm over here in the Big North. Uh, Big North football over here is pretty pretty uh, impressive uh, for being in Jersey. There's a lot of powerhouse schools out here, so I definitely will toss your name around to a lot of these uh, circles and pools that I'm tied to over here. There's I appreciate that. Kids that are definitely trying to get into that.
2: Yeah, and again, I I know so many coaches around, and it's funny, when Keenan and I were talking, I was like, oh yeah, this guy, oh yeah, and he's just like, see, this is why, you can just pick up a phone and call somebody. And I'm like, I know it's not going to be instantaneous scholarship if I call, but I I also know I can help push it along a little bit, maybe get a kid an extra view or two, and you never know what happens, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. here at the midway point, you know, I know we're 8 9 games in, but it's a 17-week season, so it's not like we have a true midpoint anymore, right? Wh- who do you think are the lead bell cows for league MVP this year? Who is going to get the overall league MVP this year?
1: I don't know right now. I'm such I'm at such a toss-up, and injuries are playing a big key right now to some of the decisions I, you know, like for me, you got oh, man I hated seeing Kyle Murray go down, to be honest with you. The the way Arizona was playing, then you have the old guy in Aaron Rodgers who doesn't know how to stay down. You know, um, a lot of the youth hasn't really transferred over yet, you know, into taking over as far as the quarterback position. uh, uh, League MVP for me, I don't know, man. I'm I'm really tossed up.
2: Well, it's funny. If you would have asked me two weeks ago or even three weeks ago, Tom Brady and Stafford were like neck and neck. They were
1: fire. Yeah, they were
2: fire. And Kyler Murray was fire. So, like, you're like, and Aaron Rodgers, you're like, okay, man, we got four quarterbacks going. You had Derrick Henry running like a stud again, right? You were like, okay, here we go. Like, I got it. Like, I can answer this question. But then, But then somebody ran over a nail. And Tom, and Tom Brady has become human. And Aaron yeah. Rodgers, you know, is, is, is immune or Aaron whatever Rogers. now. And Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Aaron Rodgers is Aaron Rodgers, the ego and all. And then you got Kyler got banged up, and you got, you know, Stafford, who's fallen, you know, down to normal ranks again, too. So it's it's really like you look ac- – and Patrick Mahomes has not been playing like Pat Mahomes. Mahomes. hasn't
1: been playing – exactly. It's so- – I, I don't know. I, I don't know who to give it to at this point if you had to give it to somebody.
2: Well, I mean, I mean and again, if Dak didn't get hurt and didn't have that yes. game like he did against Denver, yeah. like that Denver game is a thorn in Dak's side right now because they were balling. They were balling. And then what they just did this week was like, yeah, that's what you were supposed to look like freaking against Denver and in you Denver, shit yourself. Exactly. You know, yeah, so they shit the bed. yeah, you yeah, right. completely shit down their legs. You know, and there's there's I mean, I sit here and I think about it. I'm like, you can go to Buffalo. You can say Josh Allen. But when they went to Jacksonville, he threw I, up a stinker there, too. He threw up a stinker in Jacksonville. Now, I know we got like seven games to go, but at the midway point, I don't think there's any clear lead dog that's pulling this sled and that's looking like it's time to go home. You know what I mean? I agree
1: with you. I really do. That's why I say I, it's just, I, I have, if I had, if, if you had to put a gun to my head, and I had to give an answer. I would probably lean towards Dak, regardless of the flop. But I mean, oh, man, because Dallas does look great. But again, like you said, I didn't jump out and say, him, say his name because I felt a certain kind of way with that Denver game. That was a game he was supposed to go out there and make it a defining moment of why he is. America's choice being you know, being America's team. He should have been, you know, the hands down guy and proved his worth with that kind of win right there. You're supposed to beat them. And when you talk about the MVP, again, granted, everyone else has had a, you know, up and down season, but that one would have set him by far away from everybody else, especially due to the injuries and the way these guys have had, uh, farts lately.
2: Yeah. And again, I mean, there's just, I mean, there's no receivers jumping off the page where I'm like, no. this guy's uncoverable. No. There's no running back. I mean, Jonathan again was it uh, Jonathan um, Taylor from yeah. uh, from Indy's having a great year. Derrick yes, Henry's he having a great. Cook's having a good year up in Minnesota, but I just again nobody is dominating yeah. the game to the point and where I'm like, ooh, you don't like even think year, about so. Justin Herbert the first four. Justin Herbert, the first four weeks, you were like, oh, ho, 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 this boy was balling, right? And now Mike Williams can't hasn't caught a touchdown pass in like three weeks. It's like, when did Mike Williams get kryptonite? Like, what's going on here, right? It's true. So, it's like they're hot and they're streaky. No one's staying consistent and going. So, I'm I'm really befuddled. I don't know. I mean, if I had to give him a nod, nod it would be to Dak. Because I think yeah. that has got the best team around him right now. And I think, you know, legitimately at the end of the year, his numbers could ridiculously be, be really inflated. And the way that they're playing is is really high level and their division is very low level. So he's going to have a chance to pad the stats a lot in the weeks to come. So if I had to say right now, he put a gun to my head, I would say that.
1: Yeah, I'm with you, brother. Absolutely.
2: Absolutely. Now let's turn our attention to the young bucks. And let's go to the offensive side of the ball. Let's start on offense. Who's your lead rookie offensive player of the year right now?
1: So that was a tough one for me. I mean, uh, and and again, for one, being a Jet fan, I haven't seen much from Zach. You know, he got caught with his injury. But I only mentioned the Jets because I got to mention the counterpart that we usually don't like to root for, and that's the Pats. I have to sit here and say I'm really surprised with the play of Matt Jones. He was the last quarterback taken out of the prime guys in the first round. You know, uh, he was called the safe pick. I guess it is showing thus far, you know, listen, Bill Belichick is an amazing coach. Never has had a bad season since he's been up there. Um, You know, and well, he had a bad season, but I mean, geez, look at how many he's had that were great. Uh, I would say that. From a standpoint of stability, when you look at an organization for me, I look at Mac Jones and I say, this kid jumps off the charts for me. But as far as what we're saying is offensive player of the year, Jamar Chase seems to just be unguardable. I really like the kid. I like his his spunk. Being in there with Joe Burrow, they still look like they're playing backyard football sometimes, like when they were in LSU. Uh, Najee Harris is there too. Uh, It's hard for me to really – you know, pinpoint one of them. But, man, oh, man. I I would say from a dynamic standpoint, though, I'd have to go with the latter of the three that I mentioned. Najee, Joe, Najee Harris has – he's got some incredible stats so far with Pittsburgh, and I think he's kept them in a lot of games. You know what I mean? But, you know, would you consider the Offensive Player of the Year to be almost like the MVP, correct? And the MVP is the most important guy, right? So if we take Najee off – you take Jamar off, the teams get worse, obviously, but does New England get more damage by losing Mac Jones than the other two? You know, so I, that's how I went when I tried to grade this situation for me. So on my list, it's sad to say, like I said, I had to go with Mac Jones with Najee Harris right there as well.
2: I'm going to say this. You're so close to one of my candidates and physically, and you didn't mention his name. I'm surprised
1: you
2: talk about Smith? Yes. I, I,
1: I, listen, I was going to go there. He, you know what it is, too? Bro, he the Heisman Trophy
2: to- winner I coming know, into the I league at 160-something pounds, and last week he had two touchdowns. I mean, he's a guy, and, and he's not playing on a stellar team. He's not playing, again, on a stellar offense. It's, people are focused on this kid, and he has stayed healthy, and he has stayed yes. on the field, and he has stayed productive. Him, Kyle Pitts, Chase, Mac Jones, and like you said, um, Najee are the five in which I had pegged, you know, I think the Giants are fucking Tony because Tony, that one game really was like unbelievable. It's like you saw the the Tony that really could be, and then they stopped and then Jason Garrett stops throwing on the ball, so we won't go there because this isn't a Giant Bass show. But I do that with Patricia Trainer every week after <laughs> Giants
1: games.
0: So if you want to listen to
2: Patricia Trainer's podcast, do that. lock on Giants, feel free to lock on every post Giants. I'm on there, and we talk about Giants football, so you'll hear my feelings on the play calling ability. But you know i really think those are the top 5 and i think you're 100% correct in your assessment Najee harris has kept the has kept the pittsburgh steelers in a lot of games he's made catches both or he's made plays both catching and running the ball he's picked up the thir- third and ones and fourth and inches for them yeah. he's a banger he's exactly what they needed and what they wanted and you know everybody knew that was their pick and they let him just fall right to him you know and, I wanted and, him. yeah i i mean he was an incredible pick He's an incredible player. If you haven't had a chance to watch Najee play this year, tune into a Pittsburgh Steelers game just to watch this young man play. He's an incredible player. I mean, it takes two and three guys to get him down. This is the next Derrick Henry. I understand you're watching the next, Absolutely. but this one catches the ball better. You know, yes, catches the ball better. I
1: think he's, got, he's got over 40 catches this year.
2: He's, he's got over 40 he's, catches. Like you it's said, he's got some ridiculous stats that nobody knows about because they're not watching Pittsburgh. And Pittsburgh – fans know what I'm talking about. They're all sitting there nodding their head right now. The Steelers fans are like, hell yeah, we know. Yeah, we got him. I know. And they got another young tight end in Pat Fairmouth who's starting to make I a like play. too, absolutely. But Pat's not in the league MVP mode just yet. No. But he's he's making a play, and I love that they got him too because he fits exactly the Heath Miller, you know, old school type tight end that they love to have there too. But going on to Kyle Pitts, I mean, you talk about a rare athlete at he's tight end. Studder. He's, he's a an stud. absolute stud, Atlanta. You take him out of Atlanta right now, he, they're they're trash. I love what Absolutely. I love what Patterson's doing down there and everything, but again, if you take Pitts off that field, it's tough. he does, Yeah, they're it's tough terrible. Watch. They're terrible. I mean, he and I got is, an
1: honorable mention for you too, Dave. One guy that I, I I'd like to mention is Waddle, and the reason why is he's got some impressive numbers in there as well. I know he had an ankle injury that slowed him up a little bit. But man, if you took that carousel quarterback situation that Miami had, if he had one guy that he had his, if even it was Tua, if Tua was just healthy though, and he had that rapport going. Careful.
2: Think, careful. What I. Tua. What's that? You, you say said that he's Tua, the one. Tua.
1: Yeah. I'm, I, I'm, I'm not, just I'm saying, saying careful
2: because I don't think it's down a whole nother road.
1: No, no. <laughs> I, I'm not saying he's the one. I'm just meaning in a sense with some type of. Uh, because, for instance, he's got gotcha. seven catches for over 550 yards. I think he's got a couple of TDs. You know I mean? But if he had somebody consistent throwing him the ball, I think he would have a lot more uh, big plays. He's got bigger plays. And that's the one reason why I didn't like Smith as, as, like, one of the higher guys. I love his play of the year was, like, 36, 37 yards. So he's not a big play guy, but he is consistent. He hasn't really, you know, been electric. He's scoring touchdowns, though. At the end of the day, it doesn't matter if you score two touchdowns in a game and have four yards. It doesn't matter. You still got two touchdowns. I understand that. But, you know, we, you know these guys, though, you know, you, again, it goes back to the pressure of these young guys. They have so much expectation for them coming in. They have to come in and be stars. And if not, they're automatically labeled busts.
2: You know, and I hear you. Like I love Chase. I really do. I think he's an amazing talent. You know, in doing his thing up in up in um, Cincinnati, knocking it out with, like you said, his his college teammate in Burrow. And he's explosive. He's got balance, body control, everything you want in a receiver. You got a rare talent there. You got, a, I think, a very good talent in Smith. But like you said, I'm not a Mac Jones fan in the draft. When I when people were talking you. about first round. I'm like, no, sorry, but I said, if there's a first-round team that he fits their system, it's and so anybody funny. who listens to Mass Sports Take, anybody who listens to me talk on other shows, I'm all about system. Get the fit for your coach and make sure that he has the right players for his system. Mac Jones fit their system 100%, and you're seeing the maturation of a very good young quarterback who will always be compared to Tom Brady because that's who he's you know, replacing. But again, he's not Tom Brady. But you're seeing a very, very good young quarterback in a system that fits him, that has some very good longevity to him if if he stays healthy. So it, at this, at the midway point, as much as I love Chase Smith, Pitts, and 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 uh, Najee, I would have to say the one I would go with right now would be Mac Jones.
1: See, you and me are right on point. I'm, I'm glad I'm hanging in there with you, yeah. Dave. With no, teams.
2: I think it's Mac Jones with Chase a very, very, very close second. And if Mac yeah. falls off, I think Chase takes it at the end of the year. I
1: totally agree with you with that. Man. And that's
2: nothing against the other guys. I just think Chase no. has still got a lot of explosive plays in him, like you said. And Smith has got some more touchdowns in him. And, and najee yeah, has does. got some stuff that I just don't think is going to have enough exposure to get him the votes. But Chase at the end of the year, if, if if new England falls off a little bit chase, I think will ultimately become the offensive rookie of the year. Totally agree. And I like that you bring in Waddle. Waddle is one of my favorite players coming out of the draft and everything. I just don't think that he's done enough with Miami uh, with I their agree. winning records and touchdowns and different things. He's totally made agree. 60 catches and 500 yards, but again, he, he could be better. I agree with you hundred percent. If he was on a different team would be way better. Um, and, and you know, again, he's got the talent to be, but he's just not going to have the exposure and numbers to be. Totally agree. Now, rookie defensive player of the year. This is going to be interesting because there are some very interesting rookies. One in particular is really in my head, but I want to hear what you have to say about it.
1: I mean, if we're going to just go, I mean, it's hard to not identify the the elephant in the room when it comes to the defensive guys. For me, Hands down, it's the former Penn State star, Michael Parsons. I mean, the guy is an animal. He looks like he was designed to be an NFL player. Uh, it looks like he's been here for a while already. He's, uh, he became the, the immediate face of that Dallas defense. Uh, he's making plays all over the place. Not only is he sacking a quarterback, he's got tackles for loss, he's got pass defenses. Uh, I, think he's got a, I think he's got a forced fumble or a recovery in there. I mean, the guy is a difference maker. Um, for me, again, he's the one that stands out. Call me biased, he's the guy that I watch the most coming out uh, into the draft. As far as the defensive guys came, Michael Parsons is living up to everything that I thought he would have. He's definitely my 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 shoe in.
2: And again, I think he is the lead dog right now. He is pulling this cart. It's going to take a lot to get him off that that podium and uh, away from that trophy. Now, I'll say this. Before J.C. Horn got got hurt, that young yes. man was balling at corner. He's I special. Mean, he, he is he, special. He was special. And then you got Stokes, who's playing yes. really good football. You got – um, uh, who's the kid uh, – there's a linebacker at Kansas City uh, out of Missouri. Good God, this is when I need my other Ryan because he knows all these names. He's so much better at names than I am. That's but not he, a joke, right? No, it's – uh, he's a – He's a young kid. He's a rookie, obviously, out of Missouri, and he he's there playing middle linebacker. He's having a really, really good year there. So there's about there's about four or five. And and here's the thing, Micah though is like you said a cut above. They've started him playing linebacker. They had a ton of injuries to their pass rushers. The kid went to Penn State as a as a young freshman and sophomore playing pass rusher. Then they stood him up. They, so the Dallas Cowboy puts his hand, put their hand in the dirt mid game, mid game like week four, and he winds up with like four sacks. He can't breathe. He's taking oxygen on the sideline. <laughs> he goes back in. I mean, this young man like willed his way to playing and finishing this game, and and since then he's like he's just made some really critical big plays. I thought now when the Giants traded out of their spot, Micah was still available.
1: They, they dropped that one. I swear they dropped that one. I know
2: they dropped back because the deal that they got for – It's for sweet. The, it was sweet. It was a sweet deal. It was a lot of capital. It was a lot of cashish. A lot of cashish to trade out of that spot and let somebody up, come up and get a quarterback. But by letting Micah Parsons leave, the, the New York Giants, to me, made a mistake because their defense could have used Micah Parsons.
1: And now they got to play against him twice a
2: year. And now they got to play him against twice a year. And yeah, it's it, it's going to be a beast of block for years and years to come. This one was a little easier, I think, than the offense. You and I agree on that. There was a there was a lead dog coming into it. Um, yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna ask Ryan next week if he if he has opinions on this and see where he lines up yeah, with us. Absolutely. But I think we're 100 percent right now with Mac Jones and and Micah Parsons. Sitting there, looking us in the face. I think at the midway point, those are the ones that are really um, standing out the most. Now we have about three minutes left in the show, so before I wrap up, final thought, Ryan, jump on here, tell the folks, the family, everybody how to get a hold of you. Tell everybody what you guys do again. Make sure you plug your social media and everywhere else. So you know, you use this time for you.
1: Actually, I appreciate it. Again, you can catch us with the SNA Live podcast again on One Institution media. Uh, you can catch us on SNA live podcasts across all platforms from uh, Instagram, Twitter, uh, Twitch, YouTube, we got them all we got the accounts bubbling with them all. Uh, you can you can definitely find us I know OIM is dropping the, the, the app soon. So once OIM drops that app, it'll be easier to find all of us You can download us right onto your mobile device. But, uh, you know, and I'm really looking forward to that. It's been a pleasure working here at One Institution. And, uh, again, we're a part of Smoking Ashes. Uh, it's one of the biggest cigar lounges up in the Northeast. We've kind of built a real big niche for ourselves in the last two years, pushed through COVID. Uh, we were a lifeline for at least 500 people throughout COVID up here due to the the, the setup of our our, show, our 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 lounge. We have a great... Big, uh, parking lot which we were hosting tailgate parties during the height of COVID which allowed people just to sit in their own little bubbles and we would put DJs outside and we gave people life again during the time where they couldn't find themselves because most of the people were also by themselves you know some people who don't they don't have significant others they live by themselves they were quarantined they were going crazy so we gave people a place to let loose and it's the people have taken care back of us and they've put us on a platform pushed us through the roof out here i mean we have the time we film music videos here there's filming documentaries here it's it's been a blessing to be a part of this ride and again i appreciate you David, having me out here with you uh you know and cross brandon you know both of uh, the the uh, the, um, the platforms uh i appreciate you and i definitely will be a thorn in your side now we're going to talk sports throughout the rest of this year definitely going to side text you during the week when we talk <laughs> about games and again, oh, I okay, like, you know I, yeah. I do the,
2: I, You know what I've gotten into now? I've gotten into the uh, the daily fantasy sports. Um, oh. I'm betting like crazy now that it's legal oh, out here. It's yeah. fun as shit. I'm having it a is. great time, and it's fun. It's like I might lose a little, but I don't. I haven't lost really big. I've won big a couple times, but it's like I'm still getting my feet wet. I know I got some a, a little bit left of the season. I am like this close to dialing this shit in, though. It's gonna get me. Yeah, I yeah. guarantee you, I will win one of the big pots by the end of the year. I will. And I will post it. I will let you know. (laughs) Uh, But thank you for coming on. Thank you for co-hosting, you know, and stepping in last minute. Like I reached out to the One Institution family. You stepped up. You said, I got you. I said, this is what we're going to talk about. You're like, I'm going to make my notes, be ready for you. And you, you delivered, man. And thank you so much for helping us out tonight here on Mavs. And it just shows you what the One Institution family can do. When we put our heads together, we can make great shows happen great content every day of the every day of the week so thank you so much uh ryan my other co-host ryan roberts our wishes and everything are out to you he had an emergency we love you so you know that's there and i gotta say this it is to ryan's point here during uh tomorrow is one year from the day i had i obliviated my ankle my ankle just exploded wow and o- over this year with covid not being able to move and it was my right ankle. So I couldn't drive. I've been stuck in my house. So it's like Ryan, you were saying I was going batshit crazy here and on pain meds and I couldn't move and I couldn't do a lot of stuff on my own. So um I want to say thank you to everybody out there that came by, sent food, who brought, uh you know, came over and just helped me take trash out or wash my laundry when I couldn't do it myself and things. I mean, a lot of is a lot of people don't know how much was really done for me, and it really meant a lot to me. And I, tomorrow being the one-year anniversary of it, it really did touch my heart when I reflected on that today and when I was meditating, those thoughts came into my head because we all know somebody who's lonely, who's batshit crazy right now. Um, a lot of times men are, are, aren't thought of. You think of the single mothers, the women that are alone, but with the holidays coming up, think of that single man that you don't usually talk to or know or na- maybe as a neighbor um, that you don't reach out to, he's probably sitting in that home alone. And if you just bring him a plate and spend five minutes with him, or a cup of coffee, or like you did, put a DJ outside and maybe just put your grill outside here in Arizona, we can still do that, yeah, yes you and, have can. A, <laughs> and have a little barbecue, uh, where family or where friends and people can come by. You know, it, it's we don't do enough of that in our country and our cultures anymore, which is is a shame. Because there's a lot of good people living around us we don't even know anymore. You're so, right. You're so 100% right. I applaud you and your colleagues and your and your cohorts there to uh, doing that during the uh, the the pandemic and getting people in, connected and keeping them connected. I share nothing but love with everybody. Thank you for sticking around, everybody on TikTok. Everybody on all that, you know, if you feel free to download us, send us a like, a share, go out there and give us a review. You know, it's, it's helpful. I know you guys don't think it is, but it's helpful to hear back from you all. Yes, it so, is. Everybody have a good night. Be safe. And we'll see you next week. Take it
1: easy.